All right, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Very Cold Lasagna, the podcast that houses a safe and open listening platform for casual, cold, and even the dumbest takes on the world of WWE, AEW, the NFL, and the wide world of pro wrestling and sports in general. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna, and welcome to today's episode that is seven months in the fucking making. That is right, seven months. We've been waiting a long time to talk about this. But anyway, welcome to episode number 42, and my god, like I said... It's been seven months. Seven months. Why do I keep mentioning seven months? Because it is seven months since we last had an NFL game. Since we got to talk about like actual NFL stuff. Sure. There was stuff about NFL free agency, the draft, and all that. All that off-season drama and such. But we finally get to talk about some NFL regular season action because it's the it's the time. Is the start of the most wonderful time of the year. Not WWE or all elite wrestling. They can go fuck themselves. It's the National Football League. Or something. I can't sing. But anyway, you get my point. Yes, you're going to be talking about the 2021 NFL season. And a little disclaimer here. I obviously will be talking about my San Francisco 49ers because I'm faithful to the Bay, but that will be coming in a separate podcast, a separate episode of Very Cold Lasagna, because there are a lot of things I want to dedicate to that, to that time, to that episode. But for this episode, we're going to be talking about the other guys, the other happenings, the other teams in the NFL, because they obviously have to have their own spotlight here on Very Cold Lasagna. So consider this your filthy casual preview of the 2021 NFL season because it's it's going to start very soon with the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers, Tom Brady and the boys. And I'm honestly excited. I'm honestly excited for this matchup. Well, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I take that back because, well, Dak Prescott's coming back from a shoulder injury he's gonna go full go but then again it's the Cowboys and they're probably gonna stick it up on primetime television like they always do and Tom Brady's gonna whoop whoop their ass and the Tampa Bay defense is gonna run all rough shot on Dak Prescott in his first game back since that gruesome gruesome injury but I digress I digress. So, with that being said, before I continue any further, um, talking about the the NFL season that's to come, I would like to plug, as I always like to do here on Very Cold Design, before we really get into deep onto the show, I'd like to plug my social media, the, the show, the show social media, whatnot. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you like what you see here. Turn on that notification bell. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and now Google Podcasts. Yes, we are now on Google Podcasts, and we hope to expand the brand a little further on the audio side of things. And we're also on social media at Very Cold Lasagna on Twitter and Instagram. So as we all know by now, or in case you don't watch sports, don't worry, it's all right. We're all we're all different. So whether or not you watch sports. Just to catch you up to speed here, the 2020 NFL season brought on a different side of football. 
because they were playing during the COVID-19 pandemic. No fans for most teams. Um, So it was a pretty awkward experience watching some NFL football. Like you were playing in a big ass stadium uh, in front of pretty much nobody. And if you're watching it on TV, you're, it was like kind of like what WWE was doing with the Blunderdome, putting in all these sound effects with the fans cheering and whatnot, fans booing. It and instead of you know the LED screens that you see in the WWE Thunderdome, you would have these cheers and boos, but then there's no fans in the seats for most teams, and it was pretty uh, awkward. It was really really awkward. Um, that being said, of course, some teams were able to have fans, and at some point during the season, some te- like the other teams that had no fans to start the season were able to get fans um, th- throughout the point of the season. Um, that being said, regardless, there were a couple of good games that happened last season, but obviously I can't remember any of them. <laughs> I can't remember them all because that was last season. We're looking towards this season now. But, of course, I, there's still one game that is on my mind, as always, and that's the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay going all the way as a wildcard team to whoop Kansas City's ass, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, whooping that ass, like, getting their ass whooped by Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. 37-9, I believe that was the final. No, 34-9, I don't remember the box score, but anyway. Tampa Bay going... Playing in their home stadium, being the first team in NFL history to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium, and winning. So they made history, pretty much. Ma- making history um, during a pretty much COVID era of football for like a year. So it was a interesting, interesting way to cap off the 2020 NFL season. But it was also a very interesting offseason for for the NFL. Most notably, the, the trades that happened during during that offseason. And it all began during the playoffs. It, it began during the playoffs. When the Detroit Lions traded their franchise quarterback, Matthew Stafford, to the LA Rams for a shit ton of draft picks. A first round draft picks. to So they shipped off. Matthew Stafford to the LA Rams, and in return, not only did they get a shit ton of first-round draft picks for the future, but they also brought in the LA Rams' first first overall pick, Jared Goff. So, it, it became a clear indication that not only were the Rams going to be in a win-now contention mode, they, they were tired of Jared Goff holding them back, but it also became clear that the Lions, they want Matthew Stafford to you know be happy, start fresh somewhere else. I th- they they knew it was time, but they're also going to be rebuilding. They're also going to be rebuilding. They're also going to um, determine if Jared Goff can be the guy somewhere else, whether it's Detroit or wherever his next team will be. So that was the big trade that like, took the, the league by storm. To begin the offseason, which was technically during the the playoffs in back in January, and then a couple a couple weeks later, Carson Wentz was also traded to the Indianapolis Colts for well, pretty much a bag of peanuts <laughs> because the Philadelphia Eagles asked for too much, 
And they initially asked for too much. They were asking for, I think it was like a second round pick, like a high second round pick and something else. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was like two second round picks, but I think they got like a third round pick or a second round pick. I don't remember all the details, but they got pretty much a bunch of nothing for Carson Wentz. And the Eagles got a bunch of nothing for Carson Wentz. So this this move was pretty much in response for the retirement of Philip Rivers, their own quarterback, you know, not going away. But again, it was a retirement. Let's be clear. Philip Rivers retired. So they the Colts had to find another quarterback. And they got one, let's hope, in Carson Wentz. And he's projected to be the starter in week one. But as seen throughout training camp, preseason, he's been dealing with the typical Carson Wentz stuff that's been happening through, through his last couple of years in Philadelphia injuries. So we'll see what happens there. But it's going to be interesting for the Colts because the Colts, have a very strong defensive line. They have a a decent core of, of off of offensive wide receivers with T. Y. Hilton and a running back and Jonathan Taylor, nine uh nine Hines. I I I I think I butchered the name, but you get the point. So all around that Colts team is a balanced team. It's just how far is Carson Wentz gonna take them? That's gonna be the interesting question. So some other notable offseason like moves, transactions. Y'all remember how I mentioned Dak Prescott at the very beginning of the show? Well, yeah. Despite him getting that nasty, terrible leg injury, which was so so bad, um, no fault of his own, he got himself a big, big four-year extension, like 160 million or something. So he he got the bag. He got the money. So the Cowboys gave him the big bucks for him to be the, the the star, literally, in Dallas. And speaking of the Buccaneers, continuously, because, well, Dallas and Tampa are going to be the stars of the show coming soon in the very first game of the season. The Tampa Bay Bucks pretty much brought everyone back from the Super Bowl winning team, including Antonio Brown, Shaquille Barrett, Rob Gronkowski, Levante David, Chris Godwin, and they even restructured Tom Brady's contract to make all that happen. So they are going to be making an attempt to repeat as champion. And who knows? Tom Brady like, like Tom Brady may retire after a season or not. What whatever that happens, they want to make another crack at a Super Bowl run. That that is a clear indication of, of that. Speaking of Tom Brady, his old team, the New England Patriots, had like one of the most money to spend in free agency, aka the salary cap. So they went on a spending spree with that money. They went to add a bunch of wide receivers, such as Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and tight ends Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. And that was only on the offense. On the defensive side of the ball, they added a bunch of playmakers while resigning some of their own. They added safety Jalen Mills, linebacker Matthew Judon, and of course, the biggest move they made during the offseason was the drafting of QB from Alabama, Mac Jones, with the 15th overall pick. So, New England, after a disappointing 2020 season 
where they had Cam Newton at the helm and he didn't do so well. Um, but even then, like even though he didn't do so well, look at the talent that was around him and the players that opted out due to COVID. Yeah, that New England team that went seven and nine didn't do so well. That they didn't do so bright. But all the moves they made during this offseason, we'll see if it pays off. We'll see if that move all these moves pay off for this season, this coming season. So moving on. New Orleans Saints, they were in deep, deep salary cap hell, but they re-signed Jameis Winston, the the first former overall pick back in 2015, and he's projected to be the starter for week one, beating out Taysom Hill, and this is going to be the first year without franchise quarterback Drew Brees. He made his retirement back at some point early, like, in the offseason, it's been a long time, guys. Forgive me. <laughs> but anyway, Jameis Winston is going to lead the charge on the post-Drew Brees era in New Orleans. Um, sadly, though, um, they're not going to be starting the season in New Orleans due to Hurricane Ida, which is unfortunate. And I hope everyone in New Orleans is doing okay and everyone in Louisiana is doing okay. But nonetheless, New Orleans... Is going to be an interesting season for them too because how are they going to do under Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston? Again, I, I say and like for both of them because you really think that Jameis Winston's going to start all 18 games? Like, I, I will, I will, I will be surprised if he does. Like, look at his uh, time in Tampa Bay. It, it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> that let's all remember that 2019 season. That was an interesting season. So anyway, of course, we had the draft back in April We that was most notable for, obviously, the five quarterbacks that were taken in round one. The first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars, Zach Wilson at number two to the New York Jets. Obviously, me marking out for Trey Lance at number three to the 49ers, Justin Fields at number 11 to the Chicago Bears, and like I mentioned before, Mac Jones at 15 to the Patriots. So that was the most notable thing that happened at the draft. Um, and then there's some a couple of other picks that were that stood out, like Jamar, the wide receiver from LSU, Jamar Chase going to the Bengals, uh, Kyle Pitts from Florida State. I think it's Florida. <laughs> Again, I, it's been very long since we talked about this stuff. Going to the Fal- to the Atlanta Falcons, and yeah, that was pretty much all of it. Uh, those notable picks. Again, these were like everyone else that was drafted. They're going to have to prove themselves to be household league known names to casual sports fans like me. So, aside from the transactions, all the moves that were made by these teams, there were some pretty interesting storylines that happened during during this offseason. Like I mentioned countless times in the last couple minutes, the Tampa Bay Bucks trying to make an attempt to run it back as champions. And, well... Them re-signing all these players and Tom Brady. Um, they're, they're, they're making this big, big attempt to be champions. And meanwhile, in Green Bay, there there is a there was a big standoff between the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And this story broke shortly before the draft began. Um, that 
this story, which was reported by Adam Schefter, and boy, did he get this, uh, did he botch this. Um, shortly before the draft in April, Aaron Rodgers reportedly, apparently wanted out of Green Bay, and the reasoning for this was because the Packers front office, um, in Rodgers' belief, wasn't bringing any help on the offense, and Rodgers was hurt drafting Jordan Love, um, in the 2020 draft, the previous draft. But in the end, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers were able, able to work things out um, shortly before training camp started a couple months later. And what they did was they brought back um, Rodgers' former favorite target, um, wide receiver Randall Cobb from the Houston Texans. And they this I think this is Rodgers' last contract year before he becomes a free agent the and after this season, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think it is. So this is going to be in. This is going to be a very, very critical season for the Packers because you had this standoff. You had this uh, standoff. You had this drama between Rodgers and the Packers. Now that they're you know buddy buddy again, you you probably like okay, we're not going to get anywhere. Like trading him. With all that dead cap, is not going to get solve anything. You, and they probably like, you know what? Let's let's put our differences aside for just this one season, and we'll work it out in the in the coming off season in February or March. So that is pretty much the consensus on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers story that happened pretty much for the duration of the summer. So that was like high intensity drama in Green Bay. But there was one big other big story that happened and is still happening that spanned for pretty much most of this year. And that is Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans quarterback and supposed franchise quarterback now. I guess you could say that. So obviously it started with um, the Texans QB, Deshaun Watson. He want he publicly came out, and he wanted out of the team. He wanted a trade to somewhere else, and he his most notable suitors were the Miami Dolphins, the San Francisco 49ers, the New York Jets. I think that was pretty much oh the Denver Broncos. I think, and that was pretty much it. But even though many teams, uh, primarily the Dolphins and the Niners, um. And inquired and sent offers to to the Houston team. They were like, nope, nope, we're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. And while they were pretty stubborn about it, they were pretty firm on that stand. They were also pretty stupid um, at the time for for pushing away like any any offer that that was given to them. I guess it turned it turned in their favor. It. it in terms of a legal standpoint, because if in the end, like where it stands right now, Deshaun Watson is in the midst of many, many, uh, like sexual assault allegations and facing like lawsuits. So until those get resolved, it is like a messy situation, both in Houston and for Deshaun Watson. So yeah, overall, this, this off season was full of high drama High intensity, obviously a lots of moves made in the front office and for all these uh, athletes. 
So, yeah, like an interesting and crazy off season. Like probably one of the craziest uh, in a while. So heading into this regular season, obviously, like there was so much going on in the preseason that I couldn't keep up. I could only keep up with uh, the 49ers. So some questions I have in regards to the regular season because obviously that's where it matters most. The regular season, like how are they gonna how how are all these teams gonna do in the regular season? That is the biggest thing um, that we're gonna be talking for the rest of this podcast. But some of my biggest questions um, heading into this coming 2021 NFL season um, that some of you may also have. I'm also I'm really wondering which rookie quarterback is gonna have the most productive season, and when I mean productive. I'm not talking about oh how many stats are they gonna have, how many touchdowns are gonna they gonna throw, oh like are they gonna run for this many yards or whatnot, are they gonna are they gonna throw this many interceptions, like all these stats that NFL analysts that you see on ESPN or FS1 or any of these other sports podcasters can overanalyze to the death. Um, so that it's the deciding factor on how they play or how they are as a quarterback. Like it's the defining factor of like if whether they're good or bad and it's make or break for them. No, for me, I don't give a shit about the stats. I care, I care about how they perform, how, how, how they are in game. Like how do they read the field? Can they make the pass? Can they make the throw? Can they make good decisions? That that's me. I I don't. I personally don't give a shit about the stats because the stats don't tell the whole story. Like, let's say they made four touchdowns. What if all those four touchdowns came in garbage time when the team was like when the XQB's team was like getting blown out and they made all those all those score all those twenty eight points all those four touchdowns when the game was already over when when the opposition was up by let's say they they were leading 54 to 28 that's just an example but i'm just saying stats are irrelevant because what if the 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 quarterback or any other position player has like x amount of touchdowns yards or whatever is losing is on on the losing end of that team I'm just saying, but anyway, in regards to this, my, this question, I'm, I'm going to be wondering how will each rookie quarterback that was taken in the first round, how will they progress in their first year in the league when it comes to, again, the important aspects, how are they going to read the field? How are they going to, how are they going to, how are they going to read the defenses? How are they going to, how, how are they going to be aware of them? How, how are they going to? How are they going to pass the ball or like make good decisions and whatnot? You know, pretty simple stuff, like pretty simple and obviously hard stuff. That's <laughs> it's hard to process for a filthy casual fan. But obviously the big question is, will they perform just as well in, or even better as they did in college? Or will they all of a sudden be bust material? Not obviously right away, but like eventually it's, it's, it's an interesting question. So we we know as of now, or some of us do at least, that three of the five QBs that were taken in the first round back in April are now going to be starting 
in their first game this past Sunday, that being uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. They're going to all be starting in their first games this Sunday. So, as for Justin Fields and Trey Lance, well, let's start with Justin Fields first. Um, Andy Dolan's going to be starting. <laughs> yeah, good decision, uh, Matt Nagy, you dumb dick. <laughs> so, it, for Justin Fields, he's going to take over Andy Dolan eventually because, well, one, Andy Dolan sucks, and Matt Nagy's going to eventually realize this, and he's going to pull the trigger when he sees Dolan gain his ass whooped by much better teams that are not his old team, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Detroit Lions. So, at some point, Bears QB Justin Fields is going to start. The question is when. As for Trey Lance, it's it's a little hard to tell because you don't know how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play. Is he going to play better than he did last season or in years past? And you also don't know like if he's going to stay healthy. That is the question. I'm, I mean, I'm going to mention this thing with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance in when I talk about the 49ers in their own in their own episode coming up soon. But that's something to consider. Whether whether Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt or his performance gets so bad, it's like all dependent on when Trey Lance starts the season or not. We'll see what happens. So some something to consider um when you look at these rookie quarterbacks for this coming season. My next question is towards the Chiefs. Yeah. Remember how they lost the Super Bowl? And um, I, I'm not trying to wish anything on them. But it's just something to point out. Like, th- could they like could they avoid the dreaded Super Bowl losers curse? Now, very few teams have been lucky to avoid said curse. The most recent example being the 2018 New England Patriots team where they went to the Super Bowl and beat the LA Rams. So that's just the most recent example. But even the most talented of teams, let's look at the losing team of that end from Super Bowl 53, the LA Rams. They were a very very talented team, but they didn't make the playoffs. Like They had a winning record and all, but Jared Goff sucked. Todd Gurley was injured um, for a good portion of that year. The The defense fell flat. Um, the NFC West was catching up to them big time. And they they, they pretty much knew everything that was coming. Um, like every, like all the teams that the Rams played, they they knew what was coming to them. Like, And, and I don't mean that in a good way for the Rams. And at least for, from that time perspective, obviously compared to now. But you get the point. The most talented of teams fall victim to the loser's curse. And again, I don't say that. Um, I don't want that to happen to the Chiefs. I'm, it's just something to point out. Whether it's due to regressing performances or, or injuries, it it it's something that Mahomes and the Chiefs has, have to avoid if they want to go back to the Super Bowl. Or even to the playoffs. That's something they have to avoid. And I know it's superstitious, but they gotta avoid it at all costs. Now, which team is gonna make a surprise run to make the playoffs? Not like, oh, we're gonna like 
go eight and nine or nine and eight or ten and ten and what is it now? Uh, ten and nine or ten and seven, but miss the playoffs. We're gonna like actually make a run to be in the playoffs and make a decent like crack at either team, like make it to a divisional or championship or whatever. And it's gonna be an interesting field uh, this season. Now you can say teams like uh, the entire NFC West, uh, the New England Patriots, and Cleveland Browns, they they would fit that category. Um, but in my opinion, like I think if things go right and they like they do their jobs, they take care of business. I think the LA Chargers, and I'm not trying to make fun of them because like oh they're sometimes like they're most of the time they they feel like the Clippers. I I actually think that the LA Chargers and the Miami Dolphins can make a stab actually in being wild card contenders this this season. And hell. I'll make a very bold, uh, very bold statement right here. Um, it's that's probably gonna bite me in the ass at some point, and probably get me some flack from like real diehard NFL fans, and maybe some even some Clipper fans. <laughs> sorry, Charger fans. Sorry, whatever's out there left in LA. Well, if Justin Herbert has an even more successful second season, then I think he can help the Chargers maybe win the division over the Chiefs. Maybe. It's a stretch. But I think it could happen. I really think that it could happen. So anyway. It as for the division races, well, who wins them? Like nearly half like half of these divisions are gonna be like a very intense battle. And those divisions include obviously the NFC West, the AFC East. I think the AFC East, like, even though the Bills, um, like are the clear favorite, they they're they're gonna have a tough out with the Patriots, the the Dolphins in hell. The even the Jets could play spoiler, uh, with Zach Wilson and Robert Sala. Um, the the Jets could, even though they won't go anywhere this season, like they could they could still play spoiler. Uh, the AFC North, even with the rebuilding Bengals and the AFC West, like I mentioned with the Chargers, and hell maybe in the Broncos because that defense. That defense could uh, scare people, especially their secondary. So, yeah, like, who could win those divisions? Like, half of the divisions in the NFL are up for grabs this coming season. So, we looked at all these questions that I have. What are some of the games that I'm looking forward to? Um, A lot of them (laughs) involve the 49ers, obviously, but there are some games that I'm looking forward to um this coming season and obviously things could change with injuries um like underperformances and whatnot but for now let's take a look at to close today's show some of the games that i'm personally interested in um for this coming regular season obviously opening night um that's coming up very soon the dallas cowboys take it on to tammy bucks i'm always excited for the opening night games even if they end up in a blowout or whatnot like the last two seasons um, the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks, I think this, like I said before, at the very start of the show, this is probably going to be a blowout game because I don't think Dak Prescott is going to be a hundred percent to play even with the shoulder. He's coming back from the shoulder injury and he's has, he hasn't had time to practice with the first team, the starters and whatnot. So this is pretty much going to be his like 
like return game, his warm up game, and whatnot. And that Tampa Bay defense is gonna pounce on his ass. It it's real. And I think one of the guards, the linemen for Cal, for the Cowboys, uh, he's on the COVID reserve list. So yeah, Dak is returning to a less than 100% offensive line and a less than 100% self. So speaking of Tampa, I, I get mentioned a million times. They brought everyone back, and this is probably gonna be the start. Like probably like oh, yeah, a, a walk in the park start. For Tom Brady and company on their road to possibly a potential repeat. So, opening night, Cowboys, Bucks. It should be an interesting one and probably a cakewalk for the Bucks. So, then we look at the rest of week one. It's a week of new beginnings, a week of also revenge seekers. We start with the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, why, why, why this game? Why this game? Why am I even mentioning this game, Dylan? Because it's already a, a revenge game. The New York Jets, the team that shipped off the new quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold. They cast off former Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. Yeah, for their new for the Jets' new boy toy quarterback Zach Wilson. So that's a very big storyline right there. The, the Panthers wanting to exact revenge uh, for their new quarterback, Sam Darnold, onto the team that threw him away like everyday trash, the New York Jets. So, at, like, even though it's like a game involving teams that probably aren't going anywhere in 2021, it's still a game that has an ex- uh, interesting and exciting storyline to start the season. Even if it's for one week. No. So then we get to a couple of revenge games. The Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Buffalo Bills. So the Steelers are looking for that big, big payback. Like Whether they get it or not, that remains to be seen. Last last season, the Buffalo Bills whooped on that candy ass that was Big Ben and Juju Smith's sister on, during week 14 on Sunday Night Football en route to winning the AFC East title and... A AFC title appearance. While the Steelers were, were, when they entered that game, they just lost their first game to the Washington football team, and they got their ass handed by the Bills. And well, you already know what happened in the wild card round against the Cleveland Browns. So this is a revenge game for the Steelers. That's if if they get it. As for even more revenge games, speaking of the Browns, they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. In Kansas City, this is a rematch of the 2020 divisional game back in January. So, to refresh all of our memories here, the Chiefs won the AFC title game, um, and of course this game between the Browns and the Chiefs. Um, and in that game, Patrick Mahomes went down hard with a concussion, and even though he went down, backup Chad Henney and some play calling uh, magicianry, if that's a word. Uh, magic, magic tricks. I guess that's a better term for it. By, by head coach Andy Reid, pretty much saved the day. It's that saved the day um, for the for the Chiefs. So, this is a pretty much a rematch of that game. And looking forward to some other games. The Miami Dolphins going up against the New England Patriots. Two 
Nick Saban coached Alabama quarterbacks in Tua Tagovailoa. I can't say that last name properly. But anyway, going up against Mac Jones. Yeah, this is going to be a real interesting dynamic. Tua versus Mac and Cheese <laughs> in the same division. I'm honestly looking forward to that too. Then you get the Green Bay Packers going up against the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville because, like I said before, um, Hurricane Ida is running rampant um, in Louisiana. They're, they're still recovering there. So this is where Aaron Rodgers begins his follow-up to his MVP season from last year and obviously the resolved uh, off-season drama. And this is where famous Jameis, trying to eat those W's, <laughs> <laughs> this is where famous Jameis begins his start, like starter, in, in New Orleans. And then, to close out the Sunday portion of week one, Sunday Night Football. The Bears and the Rams in LA. The first Sunday night game, like regular season, in prime time to have fans in the new SoFi Stadium. And this is Matthew Stafford's first game, not in a Lions uniform, but it's still against a familiar foe in the Bears. The Bears. So we get past a couple of weeks ahead. We look forward to week four. The Tampa Bay Bucks going to New England to take on the Patriots. Tom Brady returns to a place he played for nearly 20, actually 20 years. <laughs> nearly 20 years. To face his longtime coach, Bill Belichick. And to face... <laughs> new prototype Mac Jones so this is going to be a matchup between two evenly matched teams but obviously the advantage early on goes to Tampa because their big game experience they have well the original Tom Brady so for Brady he shouldn't even be worried about playing in not so hostile territory for him because well the fans are going to welcome him back with open arms because the dude won you six Super Bowls. Like, come on. Like, are you really going to be pissed at him for leaving? Um, going south to Tampa? Seriously? So anyway, week five brings you a pretty hated, like, division battle in the NFC West. Actually, two of them. Because everyone in the NFC West is battling each other. And these NFC West battles could give the winners early ground in both the division race and playoff spots as the LA Rams take on the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night while the 49ers take on the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. Now, where each team stands remains to be seen, but the the, the battles between Stafford, Russell Wilson, and, well, Kyler Murray and that 49ers defense, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo too. <laughs> It, it's going to be a tight battle in that NFC West. So you also get a rematch of the AFC title game on Sunday night between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And just like with the NFC West games in that week, it's going to be a critical game at the quarter point of the season in week five. Unlike, unlike the title game, if, if they can, can the Bills defense slow down uh, and pressure Patrick Mahomes because that was the biggest issue they couldn't do. They couldn't get to the quarterback. They couldn't. They couldn't lock down on Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, I think Sammy Watkins, who's no longer on the team, but there was the other receiver. Uh, but anyway, 
Can they slow down the Chiefs offense this time around? That's the biggest question mark for the Bills. Whoever wins this game at this point, whether the Chiefs and the Bills have a winning record, could be the deciding factor on who gets the top seed in the AFC. Now we move really far ahead <laughs> to Week 10. Seahawks versus Packers. This, this, this game could have some implications too for playoff seeding and for the division. Well, that's it. The Packers haven't already run away with the NFC North Division title. You get Russell Wilson going up to Green Bay, a place where he hasn't typically done well throughout his entire tenure in the NFL, playing against Aaron Rodgers. And then in the Monday night uh, closer for Week 10, you get the LA Rams taking on the 49ers in another key division matchup for both teams that could be in play for the division or for a wildcard spot, depending on who's leading in that week. Then to kick off week 11, you get the New England Patriots taking on the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday Night Football. A rematch. Yes, another rematch of that infamously blown 28-3 lead by the Falcons in Super Bowl 51. This time around, the Falcons get to play the host to Bill Belichick and his new Brady boy toy, Mac Jones. And the, the, visitor, the visiting Patriots could be in for a hostile Mercedes-Benz crowd. So, it'll be interesting where either team will stand. You don't know if they'll have a winning record. You don't know if they'll have a losing record. But, Atlanta fans still might be pissed over the fact that they blew that big lead. And New England fans are still rubbing in their face. Oh, 28-3. Haha, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so, it's... It's a good. This is a good selection by um, the NFL schedule makers to have this game on a prime time, uh, on a prime time slot, regardless of where either team will stand by this point in the season. So then we get to Week Twelve, in the Thanksgiving primetime matchup, like the Bills take on the Saints, in a game that I absolutely trashed when the the schedule first came out, but now that I think about it. It could either be a very interesting matchup between Josh Allen and Jameis Winston, or it could be, you know, a Josh Allen marching all over the Saints' candy asses on national primetime television. That could get him a turkey leg. So then you get the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. Another interesting matchup that I'm, like, looking forward to. But that's unless if they get flexed because, well, one or both teams may suck by that point. But until then, this could be another exciting addition to this newly found division rivalry. Um, because if you didn't see last Monday's, uh, uh, not last Monday's, but the last season's Monday night's uh, football um, matchup, that was insane. Like They scored like a shit ton of points, um, and it filled the high drama. Lamar Jackson was like had to leave due to an injury, and all of a sudden he played Superman. <laughs> <laughs> and let his team back. I'm like, damn, dude. I'm like, you're, you're, you're freaking crazy. So, this is a sequel to um, that matchup. And this is going to be the first time they play each other in three weeks. And then they play each other again on Monday Night Football in another two weeks. So, all in all, I know there's a lot of matches to cover. But that's just the cream of the crop. And we'll continue to go along with it. As the season goes on. But all in all, this new 18-week uh, season... Again, yeah, this this new NFL season is an 18-game 
18 week uh, schedule. No more 17 weeks. 18. Yeah. So there will be no more 8 and 8, 0 and 16, whatnot. None of that. So it's an odd number of games now. But this season has a lot of exciting matchups, a lot of exciting games, a lot of exciting storylines that are just so many to list. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it, anything can happen. Anything can happen in the NFL. Whether you're a fan of these teams or you're a regular casual viewer or hard, even a hardcore viewer, a diehard NFL fan, so much of that excitement can change in the blink of the eye, whether it's due to injuries or disappointing performances. But even then, regardless of anything, I'm just excited to have football back, baby. I'm freaking excited, and I can't wait for the first game of the season. So that is it for this filthy casual preview to the 2021 NFL season. Are you guys excited for football to be back? I am so glad to not have to pay attention to wrestling, and I can just focus on football for the next couple of months until, obviously... Have to like check out wrestling, catch up on that, and yeah, see how that sad sack of shit <laughs> product that is. But for now, I get to pay attention to something that's even more interesting. That's finally freaking here once again. But anyway, let me know how you feel about NFL football coming back, coming very soon. Let me know how you feel. What what games are you looking forward to? What what teams do you think could surprise, disappoint? This coming season. Let me know how you feel. Whether it's a comment on YouTube. A comment on social media. Let me know how you'll feel. About this coming season. But anyway that is it for me. Here on this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. I'm your host Dylan Lasagna. Thank you for tuning in to this fine fine episode. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on the notification bell. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts. Spider, uh, Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man. <laughs> Spotify. And Anchor FM as well as Google Podcasts. I wish it was Spider-Man FM. I wish there was a thing as Spider-Man FM. <laughs> but anyway, follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. And as always, keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports in general. Freezing cold and in the fridge. And until next time, peace out.